as soon as you walked in here today, God said, that is the righteousness of Christ. That is my daughter, that's my son, they are righteous. You're right. By faith in Christ Jesus. It says this, we have peace with God. I just love that line, that we have peace with God. You know, growing up in church, I didn't have a lot of peace in God. I had a lot of fear in God. I had a lot of doubt in God. I had a lot of anxiety in God, hoping that I met the criteria, hoping that I lived up to the standard, hoping that I was good enough, hoping that God loved me that day. But I love that the Bible says it's by what Jesus did. Faith in Jesus that we now have a peace, a peace in my soul that I know who I am in Christ Jesus, not because of my good deeds, but because of the goodness of God and what he accomplished on the cross. That's why I have peace. That's why I have joy. Not because I do all the right things, and God knows I don't do all the right things. But I'm so thankful that God hasn't called me to perfection, but I'm called to be forgiven. I live in the forgiveness of Christ Jesus, and it strengthens my soul. It strengthens the inside of me to go on in Jesus' name. Verse 2, because of our faith, just because of our faith, just because we're putting our faith in Christ Jesus, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege. That's what grace is. Grace the grace of God, this place of undeserved privilege. Even in my weakness, even in my failures, even in my mistakes, even in my stress, even in my doubts, because of my faith in Christ Jesus, he brings me into a place of undeserved privilege, which is called the grace of God. And Romans tells me when I want the grace of God, I just run to the throne of grace and I receive what I need because I'm a son of the most high, because you're a daughter of the most high. You're a child of God. So I have peace and I have joy and I have strength. love the picture of sons and daughters. Sons and daughters. Sons and daughters. My boys don't question for a second in their life if, if dad loves them. They don't question for a second in their life if I can run up to dad and ask him for something. You know, when, they, when they're at home, they don't question for a second, can I go to the pantry and get out a big bowl of Fruity Pebbles? Because we eat a lot of Fruity Pebbles at the Workmeister house, okay? Fruity Pebbles are from heaven. It's manna from heaven, all right? They don't question that. They just go. Because they're my sons. And they know that their dad takes good care of them. I love them. And this needs to be the same perspective that we have with Jesus. He's a good dad. And he loves us. And he's for us. And he's not against us. And so whenever I want to come talk to dad, I get to come talk to dad. 
Whenever I want to spend time with dad, Jesus, I get to spend time with him. When I need something, I'm not wondering if he wants to do that for me. I know that he wants to do that for me because he's a good dad. A good dad says, yeah, I want to bless my kids. I want to see them blessed. I want my kids to live in an undeserved place of privilege and grace. That's who our God is. And so today, we're going to just take a few minutes here, and we're going to remember our great God. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25, it says this. For I pass this on to you, what I received from the Lord himself. On that night, he was betrayed. And the Lord Jesus took some of the bread, and he took pieces, and he said, This is my body in which I give to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 25, in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people. agreement confirmed by my blood today we're going to remember what Jesus accomplished on the cross for us today we're going to go ahead and we're going to take uh, communion you guys can go ahead and pass out the elements and I love this this thought of of remembrance How many of you know that in life you can have some pretty cruddy remembrances? In life you can have some things that are in your mind that you go, man, I wish I could just drink that out of my brain and never remember that day, that time, what that person said, what that person did, that situation. I wish I could just take it and yank it out because it's not a good memory. You know, Paul said something interesting. He said, I'm working hard to forget my past. And I was always like, man, was it that bad, Paul? And I was asking the Lord about that one day. And I was like, Lord, what, how, does that, how does that relate to my life? And he said, you know, the more of my presence you get, the more you remember me, the more you remember the word of God, the more you remember what I did on the cross, guess what? The past just starts fading away because your mind is renewed to the good things of God. And so I think when, when, when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, I think, it's a, I think it's a twofold thing. I think, number one, we do need to sometimes just take a pause and go, hey, let's remember the cross. Let's remember what Jesus did. Let's remember the sacrifice. Let's remember that this was a brutal scene that happened that day at Calvary. Let's remember what God did in our place. Let's remember how he took our spot. Let's remember his goodness. Let's remember how he hung on the cross when he didn't have to hang on the cross. One of my favorite passages in all of the Bible is the garden where Jesus goes to pray. 
And the reason that I love that part of the Bible, it's because you see the humanity of Jesus. He was fully man, but he was fully God. And I love that you get to see a picture of God as a man, just like me and you. And he's crying out to the Father, and he's saying, Father, if there's any other way, if there's any other way possible, please, please show me. Because he knew he could see. He could see beyond that moment. He could see beyond the garden. He knew. He knew the brutality that he was about to take in his body. But my favorite line is when he says, not my will, but yours, Father. He said, I'm going to finish this. I'm going to finish this. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to, I'm not going to quit short. I'm not going to, I'm not going to let the enemy win. I'm going to finish this once and for all. So sometimes, you know what? We just need to remember the cross. We need to remember what Jesus paid such a high price for us. But then I think sometimes, I think we need to remember that guess what? It didn't end on the cross. And that's my favorite part. You know, if, if, the, if the cross was a movie and it ended at the cross, it would be a pretty cruddy movie. You know what I mean? We would all think, man, that movie didn't end the way I thought it should have ended. But it doesn't end that way. It ends with Christ rising. And you know what happens? The Bible says that Christ rises and he puts us at his right hand. He sits down at a place of authority and then he takes us and he puts us in that same place of authority next to him at the right hand. Saying that you are a son and a daughter that is full of victory in life because I have victory in life. So we remember the good things that Christ did. We remember that he rose again. We remember that when he rose, we rose. We remember that all of our sin, all of our guilt, all of our shame, all of our condemnation isn't with us today, but it was nailed to the cross 2,000 years ago. And now I live in victory. I get to celebrate I celebrate the goodness of God. I celebrate all that he is. Amen? Amen. Come on. Why don't you close your eyes just for a second. I want you just to just spend a moment with Jesus. Just spend a moment in his presence. Just spend a moment talking with him today. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. this morning. I want you just to hold the bread up and, and we're going to pray this morning. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your body. We celebrate your willingness to sacrifice your body. We thank you for the nails. We thank you for the, for the scars on your back that proclaim today that we are healed. We thank you for enduring 
I'm allowing your body to be broken so that our bodies, when our bodies are broken, when our spirit is broken, when our soul is broken, that we find life in you. We find wholeness in you. We thank you for the love that was poured out that day by you, Jesus. Pouring out your love, your grace, your goodness. We thank you for it today. We honor you for it in Jesus' name. You may partake of the bread this morning. Hallelujah. Now, take the cup and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your blood. The blood of Jesus that washes us clean. The blood of Jesus that makes us right. The blood of Jesus that makes us whole. We thank you, God, that someday when we cross into eternity, and we stay in judgment and the enemy comes and he comes to accuse us and he comes to tell us of all of our wrongs and all of our sin and of all of our mistakes. We thank you, God, that the blood of Jesus will just cover all of that. And we'll enter into paradise with you. So we thank you for shedding your blood. We thank you for giving us your blood. We thank you for letting go. sacrificing it all for us, Jesus. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Come on, you can go ahead and drink of the cup today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's just raise our hands and let's just worship Jesus today. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We glorify you. We praise you. We glorify you. Glory and honor is yours forever and ever and ever. Glory and honor is yours forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we praise you. Hallelujah. Come on, grab a hand next to you. Father, we thank you, God, for all of your goodness. Father, we thank you for your grace thank you for being in this room today. We thank you, God, that we're free. Thank you, God, that we're free. We're free. We're whole in you. Father, we thank you for the grace, the undeserved privileges that we receive by coming to you, your grace, your goodness. We thank you, God, that we live a life free from our sin because you took it on the cross. We thank you, God, that we are forgiven yesterday, today, and forevermore. We thank you, God, that your word never changes. It is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And we thank you that the word of God proclaims that we are sons and we are daughters of the Most High today. We thank you that the word of God proclaims that not by our strength, but by your strength, we will be victorious. We thank you, God, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God we will succeed. And we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your life today. God, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. In Jesus' mighty, mighty, mighty name. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. Give somebody a quick hug and then take a seat real fast. If you guys will just keep playing just for a few minutes, that'd be great. Just get a couple lights on just for a quick minute.
Um, we've been in our uh, series called Disconnect, and we've done three weeks, and it was super awesome, super powerful. If you miss any of those three weeks of Disconnect, you can always go um, to our website. Podcast is on our website. Always go to iTunes and download uh, those past weeks. But uh, this week, as I was just praying and uh, seeking the Lord for this upcoming uh, Sunday, the Lord just kind of directed me uh, in a little bit of a different direction today. And um, if you're if today's your first day, um, things are probably a little bit different than normal Sundays. Please come back on a normal, regular Sunday. Come back next week. See our new building. It's going to be awesome. Um, but one of the things the Lord wanted me to just really make clear and uh, really make um, obvious. Um, shoot, Steve, uh, in the office is my phone. Can you grab it for me, please? Um, he just wanted me to make the vision very clear. Um, you know, sometimes churches can have real huge disconnects um, because they don't really clearly know what the vision of the house is and where God is taking and directing um, a body to go. Thank you so much, Steve. Come on, give it up for Steve, everybody. He's a good-looking, bearded man, and he protects us, and I love him. Love him, love him, love him. You know, I, I grew up in church like that. That there wasn't a real pronounced, clear vision. And because there wasn't a very clear, pronounced vision, um, it kind of felt like everybody had a vision. And everybody had a thought. And everybody had a direction of what they thought uh, the church that I grew up in should look like, feel like, smell like, act like. And uh, I just remembered feeling growing up in my heart of hearts like, There's, that's not right. And I was very young, and I don't know why I thought those thoughts. I, I know it was the Holy Spirit uh, working in my life, but that's not how God works, okay? I want to make this very clear, that God works in a very orderly, direct way so that he can bless his people, you, and then he can bless the world in Jesus' name. Amen? That's the vision, okay? And so we're going to talk about that just for a couple minutes, okay? Um, I'm going to go to the book of Nehemiah, okay? Nehemiah chapter 1. In Nehemiah chapter 1, um, the walls around Jerusalem have been torn down, Okay? And you got to understand, in that day, in that time, the walls around the city meant security. It meant safety, okay? I mean, imagine, like, going home today and, like, the walls of your house are, like, torn down. You know what I mean? It's just the inside part of your house, you know? You wouldn't think, oh, man, we're real safe. We're secure. You know, we're okay, you know? I saw this video this week about this guy in Lake Tahoe, and a bear, like, walked up to his house, you know, and I was like, oh, thank God for walls, you know what I mean? Thank you, Jesus, for that. But that's what walls represented. Walls represented security. It represented safety. It represented a place of, of comfort, and the walls have been torn down. And so a report comes to him in verse 3, and it says this, and they said, these things are going on in Judah, okay? There is great trouble and disgrace, the walls of Jerusalem have been torn down. The gates have been destroyed by fire. Verse 4. When I heard this, I sat down and I wept. 
for days, in fact, I mourned, I fasted, I prayed to the God of heaven. You know, it doesn't matter if it's your personal life or if it's our church life. This is where we start in life, with prayer. And I believe it 100%. That if you want a vision for your life, you want a vision for your kids, you want a vision for your future, where do we start? We start at that place that we're seeking the heart of God. God, what's your desire? God, what's your plan? You know, I, I think I've been serving the Lord long enough now that I understand these moments where I go into prayer and I know that I'm trying to convince God of something that is my plan and, and my direction and what I want to do. And typically in those moments, I can feel this disconnect from God. I don't know if any of you ever felt that way before or is that just me? But I'll have these moments where I'm like, you know, talking to God about something. I'll be like, ah, dang it. I just don't feel God's presence. But the moment that I go, God, what do you want? God, what's your desire? God, what is your plan? What's your plan for my kids? What's your plan for my home? What's your plan for this church? What's your plan? All of a sudden, it's like the floodgates of grace and peace and joy and love start flowing from heaven. Because that's where we find ourselves with God, hearing from him. So we start there with prayer, and then it goes on to say this in, in uh, chapter 2, verse 11. So it says this, so I traveled from Jerusalem for three days. I slipped out during the night, taking only a few things with me, okay? And I told no one, it says this, I told no one about the plans that God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. So obviously when Nehemiah spent time with God, when he prayed, he sought after God, what happened? God showed up and he filled Nehemiah with a vision, correct, okay? And this is what God does inside of the church. God will speak to me and Jess, not because we're special, not because we're better than anybody, not because we're deserving, only because God has chosen us to be the leaders of this church. And so God will go to God, and, and trust me, my office is a, is a place of prayer and worship, and I love that place. I, I mean, seriously, I can just walk in the door, and I can just sense God's presence, because I love praying, love praying. My grandma... When I was growing up, my grandma prayed a lot in our home. I remember I was like seven years old in the bathtub speaking in the Holy Spirit because the presence of God just filled our home all the time. So I love prayer. So you pray, and then what does God do? He downloads a vision, his vision, his plan. And so I want to talk about that for just a moment because I want us all to know clearly where are we going where are we going over the next 15 months? Where are we going over the next five years? Where are we going? What are your kids going to grow up in? What kind of spiritual DNA are they going to grow up in their heart? That makes, that means a lot. It means a lot to, to me and my kids. And so we did something. Then. <laughs> I love it. I love how God works. I had this desire when we were going into the new building. I wanted to, I wanted to make a wall and, and I wanted to put a vision that was God's vision. And I really didn't know exactly where we were going and exactly what was going to happen with that. But then God downloaded something and God revealed something that is really his vision, his plan for our house. And so we put it on the wall. When you go to the building over there, 
there's a massive 18 foot wall by seven feet high and there is a massive vision on the wall and it declares who we are as a church it says this it says elevate where we gather under one name one heart and one vision to worship the one and only Jesus. That's who we are. God has been speaking to my heart for months that we are a house of worship. We're a place that will glorify God. We're a house that won't be ashamed of him. We're a house that will lift up his name. Under one name, every Sunday we're going to celebrate Jesus. Every Sunday. Okay? Every Sunday we're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to sing about Jesus. Um, we're going to sing more songs in your lifetime about Jesus than you could ever imagine. But we're going to lift up the name that the Bible says is above all names. And the Bible promises us this, that when we lift up the name of Jesus, that he draws all people to that name. So we're going to lift up the name of Jesus with one heart. That's super huge for me and Jess. And it's super huge that we have this picture that we're one. We're one. We're one family. It doesn't matter if we have a hundred that's one or a thousand that's one or 10,000 that's one. But we're gonna be a house that is one, that has one heart that says, guess what? What is the heart of Elevate Church? The heart of Elevate Church and everybody in it beats for one thing, that one thing is what? Jesus. We beat for Jesus. We beat for his name to be glorified. We beat to lift up the name of Jesus. Our hearts beat for Jesus and Jesus alone. And then what is that vision? The vision is to worship Jesus in everything that we do. And I mean that. That we come and we worship. Yes, we're going to come and we're going to worship every Sunday. Every Sunday, we're going to sing great songs about his glory, his power, his kingdom. We're going to sing songs that lift up the name of Jesus. We're going to sing songs because we're going to take moments out of our week, and we're going to say, time out. We're going to pause, and we're going to bring glory and honor to God. So as one, we're going to worship Jesus, but then guess what? We're going to take that worship, and we're going to walk out of the doors, and we're going to keep worshiping Jesus. We're going to worship Jesus with our mouth. We're going to worship Jesus with the way that we treat other people. We're going to worship Jesus in the way that we honor our bosses. We're going to worship Jesus in the way that we go and we love people at our work. We're going to worship Jesus in the way that we go home and we're a husband or we're a, or, or we're a wife or we're, a, or we're taking care of our kids. We're going to worship Jesus outside of this place. Because I grew up with a lot of people that knew how to worship Jesus on Sunday morning, but didn't know how to worship Jesus on Monday morning. And I'm not going to raise up a church like that. We're going to raise up a church that has a white, hot passion for Jesus. People that want relationship with Jesus. People that want to worship Jesus. People that want to be together in a vision to say, you know what, we're here to honor the Lord. Amen? Nehemiah goes on and says this. In chapter 2, verse 17. But he said to them, 
You know very well the trouble that Jerusalem lies in, its ruins, its gates have been destroyed by fire. So he says this, let's rebuild. God gives them a vision to rebuild. Gives them a vision, a vision to honor the Lord. And he says, hey, come on, let's rebuild. Let's remove the disgrace. Verse 18, then he told them about the gracious hand that God had had upon him. And in verse 19, they replied this by saying, yes, let's rebuild. See, when we come together under one name, one heart, and one vision, we all come together and we go, yes, let's do this together. Let's do this together. I'm a part of this vision. I'm a part of this house. I'm a part of what God wants to do. And my heart burns and it beats to glorify and to worship Jesus. So yes, use me. Yes, I will help. Yes, we will come together. And you know what happens when that happens, when unity happens? I love unity. I love unity. God blesses unity, okay? Hear that out. Somebody needs to hear that today. God blesses unity. He will bless your marriage when you are unified, okay? He will bless your home when you're unified. He will bless your relationship with your kids when you are unified. When you are unified, God's blessing and his favor and his goodness is poured out. There is blessing upon unity. And so when we come together as Elevate, we come together as one home, one body, one vision, one heart under the name of Jesus, and we unify together, this is what happens, okay? Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15. I love this. I love, love, love this verse. Verse 15, it said, so on October 2nd, I love that it gives a date. The Bible gives an exact date. That on October 2nd, the walls were finished. Just 52 days after the project had started. 52 days. They rebuilt the whole entire city. They rebuilt the whole entire walls. And this is what the Bible says about that. Verse 16. When our enemies surrounded the nations, heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated by it. They realized that this was a work only that God had done. Only God could have done that. Listen, I don't ever, 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 ever want to get to heaven and see everything that I did in my life burned up before me because it was me. I don't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. I want to get to heaven and I want to say, Jesus, go, well done. Thank you for unifying the people. Thank you for coming together. Thank you for doing something for me and me alone in my kingdom. And that's what we're going to do. So next Sunday, we're going to charge into that new building, okay? And it's fantastic. It is an amazing, amazing facility. And it's looking good, and God's doing great things. But we're going to charge into that place, and we're going to worship the Lord. We're going to honor the Lord. We're going to come together as one family with one vision. We're all going to jump on board. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to jump on board. You're going to jump on board. You're going to help. You're going to jump on board. You're going to help. You're going to jump on board. You're going to help, okay? We need help, okay? God needs your help. 
listen, let me make this abundantly clear, okay? God needs your help, even when it doesn't feel comfortable. Nehemiah couldn't build the walls on his own. He couldn't do it on his own. What did he need? He needed people to come and support and to help so that the vision could be completed. That's why we're here, to fulfill the vision that God has upon this house. Why don't you stand to your feet today? One of the things that God has been abundantly clear with me about is, is this also, that we're going to be a house that worships. But I also believe, and I want to give a really clear understanding of this, that we're going to be a house that reaches, number one, the D church. Okay? Listen, I want, I want to help us to understand, we need to redefine this word lost, Okay? All right, all of us in here, we need to redefine this word lost. We think of lost people as like, you know, like a, a drug addict that doesn't know Jesus and lost. But listen, there are thousands of people just like me that grew up in the church, grew up in really weird stuff, and then guess what? They're not going to church anymore, and they're lost. They're just as lost as that person, and they need Jesus, and Jesus has been abundantly clear to me. Number one, we're going to reach a lot of those people. Number two, we're going to reach a lot of people stuck in religion, okay? There's an anointing upon me. There's an anointing upon this house to reach these two demographics. So many people are stuck in religious processes. They're stuck in just obeying rules, and they're just going through life, and they don't have the life and the victory and the freedom that comes from knowing Jesus, being in real relationship with him, knowing his grace, knowing his forgiveness, knowing his goodness, everything we've talked about today, and guess what? They're defeated. They're defeated. How terrible is that to be so close, but yet so far away? No. No. We're a house that's going to draw people, and we're going to show them freedom and victory. And are we going to reach the world? Yes, we are. We already do. We already do. So I want us to do this. We're going to just grab hands today, and we're, don't grab hands yet, because I know grabbing a hand makes it sweaty, and, and we don't want it to be sweaty too long, okay? Especially if you're touching Matt Chenoweth's hand, and Matt's hands are the most sweaty hands you'll ever touch in your life, I promise you, okay? So just hold on one second. But we're going to pray about just going into that new season. And then, like I said um, last week, next Sunday, um, we're going to start a church fast for seven days. We're going to fast for seven days, um, and then we're going to also pray and worship for seven days. Uh, for seven days, starting next Sunday night, every night at 7 o'clock, we're going to open up that building, um, and we're just going to pray, and we're just going to worship, and we're going to dedicate that building to the Lord. Um, and I want to just say this about fasting. Some of you might be able to fast, you know, food. Some of you might be able to figure out something that you and your family can come together and say, you know what, we're going to fast together for God's glory to move at Elevate Church this upcoming week. Maybe it's tech, you know what I mean? I mean, good Lord, I need a fast from tech in Jesus' name, you know? But we're gonna fast and we're gonna pray. And we're gonna see God do something incredible in the next 15 months because we're one, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, we're one, we're one, okay? We're one, we're one family, okay? We're one, we come together as one. So the victory isn't my victory, 
It's our victory. It's our victory. And it's for the glory of God. It's all to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen? So I want to do this. Um, Brenda, Mimi, will you come on up here? And I just want you to pray uh, over us going into this next season. Uh, Brenda's my mother-in-law, if you don't know uh, Brenda. She's usually holding my youngest, Luke, because uh, he's a hot mess on Sundays, but <laughs> we're going to get past that. But I love her, and God has his hand upon her, and I just want you to pray and bless and uh, bless this season. So grab a hand. Come on, let's pray together. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we just, um, we just come to you today, and we just dedicate this time unto you and to your hands and to the plan. Father, we ask in Jesus' name that the plans that you have for Elevate will transpire in these next 15 months. Father, I declare in Jesus' name that people will be healed and set free and delivered in Jesus' name. That from the north, south, east, and west, Father, your Holy Spirit will bring them in. And that lives will be changed. And that you will grow this church up in, in maturity and in the uh, a knowledge of you, Father, like we've never seen before. Holy Spirit, we ask you, sir, to do your work in our lives to change us, to deliver us, Father, to just, may we be so different in the next 15 months, may we look so different and be so strong in you and so deep in your word, Jesus, that we will look back and say, wow, awesome, Jesus, yay, God, you've done a good thing, we thank you, Father, and now, Father, give us strength give us wisdom help everything that we put our hands to everywhere that we walk be of you Lord we love you Jesus and we know you've got great things for Elevate may it be so in Jesus name we pray thank you Jesus Amen Amen come on give it up for Jesus this morning 